Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. So, you know, there's always something interesting at coasttocoastam.com. One of those things I want to point out, too, along with that Dogman video, is this really interesting article about the increase of nightmares around this time of year. And, and maybe that plays into our greater conversation about witches. That a lot of ways, the stories of witches and the pursuit of witches was really born out of a out of puritanical nightmares, kind of a carryover from the from the witch trials of Europe into uh, Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, Paul DeBoli is an assistant professor of political science. Uh, and has a BA in history from Suffolk University, a JD from the New England School of Law. He taught at LaSalle University and uh, uh, many other places. Thank you for joining us here on Coast to Coast again. I think it's twice in one year, Paul. Uh, twice in one year for you and I. I, I, I more recently did uh, back uh, at the end of August. I was lucky enough to be able to um, sit in on Sir Hans, Sir Hans Parole. Oh, that's right. And, oh, that's and George true. had me on, and we had a really fun discussion that night about uh, you know the tragic events in in, in June of 1968. Um, but this is the second time for you and I. So yeah, we were talking about Abraham Lincoln last spring, I think, right? Nobody tires of that topic, believe me. Yeah, it's fascinating, and yet the same kind of intricacies. And I think this conversation about having you back on started back then, because I was like, okay, well, we'll have you back in in the fall. So I'm so glad that you made it onto the schedule. Um, and and in just in time too. So, I, I I said something which is kind of a generalization. There are two kinds of witches: dead ones and live ones. You know, in in Salem, Massachusetts, that's not entirely true. Some self-professed witches survived the hysteria around witches, um, and we'll talk more about that. But let, let's set the table for that for that conversation because I think. I think it's important to point out that long before Salem, Massachusetts, there had been a religious fervor that had started earlier than 1692, going back into Europe for several decades, where people were convinced that they could just tell a witch just by looking at somebody, that some people felt like they had the divine ability to ascertain who was a witch. And that's in some respects about as credible as that type of testimony got. But what do you see as being the building blocks for what ended up being the horrible events between 1692 and 1693? You know, I mean, the, the, the history of, of, of fear of witches uh, or people that practice, quote-unquote, the black arts, you know, probably has its, its roots in the ancient world and then works sure. its way forward. And as we saw... You know the fervor of, of of religion, you know, kind of running through Europe. Um, a lot of times, it appears as though um, accusations of witchcraft were a way to. I'm trying to put this mildly, uh, get rid of uh, or. No, I think you're I, I isolate. You know, marginalize or murder women that, women that had very. <laughs> yeah you know, strong views, whether it's about religion, whether it's about politics, whether it's about, you know, uh, uh, you know burgeoning sciences, etc. Yeah. Um, and 
I think there was just too there was there was just too much of a of a of a, of a habit of, of when they encountered something they couldn't explain. You know, it was witches. It was the gods, you know, striking us angrily. So it seems like a natural, you know, kind of progression. But when we talk about what was happening here, um, you know, I've read a couple of studies, for example, uh, that theorize that that um, uh, uh, certain spores and molds uh, working its way into the grain supply would would, would also right. produce hallucinogenic effects. So right. if we're kind of going from this general position of of this old, this superstitious belief, um, you know, in witchcraft, and you know, kind of try to look at it with a scientific eye, so to speak, uh, in so much as you can. I mean, there could be reasons for uh, valid medical reasons for people acting out. I mean, it's it, it could be the grain equivalent of magic mushrooms. Yeah, but when we say acting out, this is interesting because it could have been that the people who lived out in the woods or lived outside of the main streets of the town of Salem were the ones who were least affected by that communal grain or that sort of um, that mold that might have created an hallucinogenic effect, which is interesting because, as you point out, that the attack was on the marginalized. And this might be just people who held non-majoritarian beliefs, which is the whole reason why the United States was originally formed. It was formed by dissidents who were leaving one religious group or another or wanting to establish religious freedom. And then in themselves, because the, in a way, because the margin between life and death was so thin when you're living out and trying to carve a life in the middle of the wilderness or, you know, when you don't really have any safety net underneath you, that threat that loomed from the outsider, that, that seems to me to be the cause of many of the, the fears around witches and might've had something to do too with the perception um, about native Americans. How, how comfortable are you talking about the, both the original accuser in the Salem witch trials being a Native American and a fear that that this foothold they had on the New World was was a tenuous grip on an otherwise bedeviled land. You know, we, we all like to form theories. And, and, right. and your theory is based on, you know, current sociological thought. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to poo poo that. Um, excuse me. I think the Salem witch trials um, uh, had its roots. It, it's kind of funny too because when we talk about you know the Pilgrims coming here, the Puritans instead of the quest for religious freedom. As soon as they got here, they became religious oppressors. Right. Uh, so the very thing they sought to create, um, uh, which which is so human nature, isn't it? That we we become what we mock. We become what we stand against too often. You know, it's funny because, you know, like I say, I, I live here in Massachusetts. I'm in Essex County. I'm literally 10 miles from the site of the Salem Witch Trials, which actually occurred in Danvers, not, not, not Salem proper. Um, right. And uh, so that, that kind of overwhelms, you know, our, our, our society, at least in, 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 in October. Um, but we all seek to try to explain the unexplainable, and I'm... And, 
when you when you start to delve into some of the records, when you look at the transcript, the trial transcripts that are available, when you look at some of the literature of the time, I mean, and again, I teach political science, so one of the things that I that 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 I that I enjoy doing is looking at a political system, applying stress to the system, and then see how the system reacts. Right, right. That's really an interesting way of looking at it. It, it is, and you can do that, and and, and you know. And at the point of making a shameless plug, uh, my my book, Conspiracy 101, is due out next August. And oh yeah, you. And we pretty much do that um, in terms of whether we're talking about the Salem witch trials, whether we're talking about the Lincoln assassination, whether we're talking about right. you know, JFK, RFK, even Watergate. You 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 look at stresses applied to the system and see how they respond. And you know. I'm sitting here in 2021, looking back on what the, and, and trying to make some sense out of, of what these people were thinking in 1692 and 1693, and I'm just amazed at the blind, you know, faith and the blind justification for this, you know, basically this travesty where, you know, a number of people were arrested, right. uh, tortured. Two hundred. Two hundred. Right yeah. over the over the course of that period of time. Yeah, it, it might even be more than that. The records reveal. Oh, so interesting. Uh, yeah, um, and again, I, I you look back on it, you try and make some sense of it. And yes, there was this 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 ability when you you know this this propensity when you were accused of a crime to try to implicate others in it as a way to deflect uh, right you know attention from yourself. Uh, but we're kind of blessed here too, because in Massachusetts we have we have a, a county-based system for tracking land transactions. And when you start looking at some of the land transactions that were occurring at the time of the uh, you know in, in in the summer of 1692, there was this fervor building, and people were concerned that they may be accused and actually transferred property out of their name uh, or disposed right. of property just prior to the first trials beginning. Uh, because they were what, considered too prosperous? Um, I think there's a propensity to kind of, I'll be blunt, screw your neighbor. You right, it's kind of a tall poppy thing, a cut down anybody who's shining up, out past the group. Yeah, and, and, and again, prosperity, you know, it was looked upon as you know, as God's will, but people would, there's, there's natural jealousy and envy, right. uh, or coveting involved right. you know, in that. And, you know, sometimes, in, you know, and some of the evidence indicates that there were boundary disputes between neighbors and, you know, people they, in, in, in cl- living in close proximity or at least relatively close proximity uh, may try to create an advantage for themselves. And right. they have this, this, you know, this crime, this activity out there. They'll say, "Well, he, you know, the reason why he's doing it is because they're 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 witches." And right. it's, it's kind of funny because you know, um, I actually have right in front of me right now Chapter uh, Forty of the uh, Colonial Legislature, and it's entitled "An Act Against Conjugation, Witchcraft, and Dealing with Evil and Wicked Spirits." Yeah. Um, so, as a government, as a political science professor, I'm looking at this, and you know, they're actually institutionalizing within the halls of government, right. you know, this, this problem or issue. And I can't help but chuckle over, you know, the naivete of, 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 of people and being so willing to accept, you know, otherworldly, you know, reasoning for this, that, they, that the colonial legislature, and again, we're talking 1692, we're talking long before, 
the Declaration. We're talking right. long before the Articles of Confederation. We're talking long before um, state constitutions. The Massachusetts right. state constitution wasn't until 1780, and there were none of these protections that were built in. Well, you know, the, the accusations became even more powerful because the, the the legal system at that time was based on guilt until proven innocent, rather right. than innocent until proven guilty, which we know today. But uh, you know, I, I, but Paula, this is where, like at the beginning, what I mentioned about the Native American piece. I mean, I think this is sort of a convergence of all of these factors. But the reason why I brought that up is just as you are saying there, there was what a term that sociologists would use today is monomania, that there was such a fervent adhesion to one idea that it would often turn against people who would otherwise be allies. That if you can't reach the people who are the perceived enemies, if they're outside of your power base, you end up going after the people who are closest to you. And monomania, we can see, get lived out. There was an interesting uh, article this week about even at university campuses where, you know, suddenly where had what had once been like an open place where lots of ideas are discussed. Now, some ideas are considered too dangerous to be discussed. And this is, in some people's estimation, an example of monomania. And I think that there's, there was a, that this was in play, too. And that's why I brought up the Native American piece, because, as you say, the community was growing. But where was it growing? It was growing into the woods. It was growing into the wilderness. And who lived into the wilderness but the other? And the other, that perceived other, is what I think is at least a piece in this. It's a flavor to a concern that only we amongst ourselves, us Christians who, who wear the right clothes and, and put buckles on our shoes. And, and we, you know, all the people that live in this tight group, we're the only ones we can trust everybody else be devils. I, I think there's a lot of that at play here. I think you're absolutely right in your analysis. Um, and we all tend to, f- you know, we all tend to fear what we don't know. I mean, go back to the original War of the Worlds broadcast when they're right. talking about, you know, aliens, et cetera. And by the way, you know, with, with regard to unidentified aerial phenomena, I'm I'm a hundred percent behind that. Could <laughs> be, no, I mean, I'm yeah. serious. No, I'm with you too. I mean, I, I mean, only human arrogance would lead us to believe that we're the only ones out there. So far, um, yeah, I agree completely. So, and, and again, we're seeing traces of microbes. You know, uh, you know. Uh, NASA's finding in different locations, right. meteorites, etc. You know, again, I'm not so willing to write that off. Um, you know, I, I can look at witchcraft and 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 kind of do a you know kind of a chuckle to myself, and maybe that's just me being you know narrow-minded. Um, but I but I I, I I wonder if people really believe this, or if they were just kowtowing to the religious orthodoxy of the time. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.